The area around Las Vegas contains some of the most beautiful day trips in the country. But the weird and wonderful offerings of a little valley to our north can be easily overlooked. So today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're talking to Mason Vale, executive director of the Amargosa Conservancy. He's going to tell us about truly big dunes, self-serving opera houses, and the incredible wildlife just an hour away. It's Tuesday, December 5th. I'm Sarah Lohman, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Mason, welcome to CityCast. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Like, I'm, I'm kind of... I listen to this show religiously. I like I am a huge podcast consumer and like I never miss an episode of this show. So I feel I'm like kind of fanboying out right now. Oh, uh, my so, goodness. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. I mean, I'm such a new kid on the block here. So I feel like very honored. You could be the first member of my fan club. Thanks, Mason. Um, OK, but we're here to talk about a place that is very special to you. Um, and we need to start by settling a debate. We recently did an episode called How to sound like a Las Vegan, and everyone had a different pronunciation of your favorite valley's name. Mm, so mm-hmm. can you weigh in, please? Yeah. And you know what? It, it's, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I do this for a living and I, I hear this, uh, the, the valley pronounced all different kinds of ways, mm. but uh, it is the, it's the Amargosa. And uh, the way that I think about it or remember it kind of is my wife likes to kind of tease me, like whenever I'm going out to the field to do some field work, she's like, oh, you're going out in the Amargosa. She says it kind of is like a, like a 19, like a 49ers minor would yeah. say it. Um, I don't like know why Nevada it's Like a prospector vibe, yeah, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. And I don't know why she started doing it, but it's, it's very funny. <laughs> and it's a nice way to remember how to pronounce it. It's Amargosa. Okay. So if, uh, what is the origin of the Amargosa? Do you know where that name comes from? So the word Amargosa, uh, for those that speak Spanish, uh, the word actually means bitter. So it's wow. the it's the bitter river, the bitter valley. And it gets that name because of what the Amargosa is, which is this really peculiar desert river system that spends most of its life underground. And uh, as a river kind of moves underground, moving between all these different uh, you know layers of rock and sediment, it picks up all these minerals and becomes quite bitter. Uh, and so that's the where it got its name from is uh, mostly there were travelers coming through using the old Spanish trail, which connected Santa Fe to Los Angeles. And uh, the Amargosa was a major stop on that route because there was water in the desert. So it was a good place wow. to spend the night uh, and kind of move from, from watering hole to watering hole. And it got its name, the Amargosa, because of course the water uh, in many of the areas was quite bitter. So it's it's a watershed. We don't normally think about that typically in the desert, but it, and it's a largely underground watershed where there are sort of um, much like Las Vegas, I'm guessing there were different springs and different ways to access that water table. Right. And so it's it's it has changed the way that I've thought about like what a river is in some ways, because the Amargosa is really this. It's an expression of a vast underground aquifer that mm-hmm. underlies a lot of the Death Valley region in uh, western Nevada and eastern California. 
And the river is just kind of an expression of that aquifer. It's, it's this water that's been trapped underground for millennia uh, that largely fell as either rain or snow. Way back in the Pleistocene, we had, you know, huge different animals walking around. Um, the desert was a far different place. It was, you know, far more temperate and it had these large inland bodies of water. And so mm. that water has since receded, of course, as the Mojave became the Mojave Desert. And uh, what remains is places like the Amargosa, where you still mm. have these this large underground body of water um, that expresses itself here and there in the form of springs, uh, of wetland areas, of seeps and runs. One of the many nicknames for the Amargosa is the Hide and Seek River or the Peekaboo River. Kind of now, now you see it, now you don't. Peekaboo River. Yeah, and, and it's it's sort of you know I'm talking to people that live in Las Vegas who are like, wait, I've I've driven out there towards Death Valley. I've never seen some big river running through it. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you probably didn't. Uh, the river is really, really good at hiding. Uh, but if you know where to look, then you can go and see it um, year round. And that's what makes it a really special, uh, special watershed. Oh, my gosh. I love sort of challenging my friends outside of Las Vegas with the idea that there are wetlands out here in the desert. I love those those unexpected elements here. So I think mm. this is a great um, place to start in terms of uh, describing the Amargosa Valley to people who aren't familiar with it. How else would you describe this area, which is just about a, a little over an hour north of Las Vegas, correct? Right. So it, it shares a lot of the same qualities as Death Valley. Of course, it's extremely hot and arid, mm -hmm. even by Las Vegas standards. The Amargosa is typically another five to 10 degrees hotter most times of the year than, than Las Vegas is. And so you get routinely temperatures above 120 degrees. It's dry. It's windy. It's sort of a it's just a beautiful, big, stark, open landscape. Mm. What makes it different and special, even compared to Death Valley, is the presence of water. And so really what the Amargosa is, is this big interconnected system of springs and wetlands. And so you uh, can come across these, you know, large open bodies of water in the Mojave wow. Desert, these oasis areas. And, you know, you, it's it's quite a contrast when you're driving across and seeing you know, these big, rugged, treeless mountain ranges, wide open basins. And then you can come across, you know, these, these natural springs uh, surrounded by lush vegetation and this is important from a even from a global perspective because the Amargosa is one of the most significant biodiversity hotspots on the planet. Wow, really? Uh, yeah, mo lo most Las Vegans don't really know this, but we have. No. Right, right, I mean, within an hour and a half, it is the highest local concentration of endemic species in North America. And let me break that down a little bit. Endemic species are species that only live in one place; that they are uh, they've evolved to one habitat area that's usually fairly constrained, and they're only found in that area. And so in the Mojave Desert, we have species like the Joshua tree is an endemic species to the Mojave. Mm -hmm. The Amargosa Basin has in total, we think, at least 70 species that only live in the Amargosa. Whoa. And that is a huge density of species to only live in one place. And, and they have evolved over a long period of time to the presence of groundwater in these areas that's otherwise isolated and, and surrounded on all sides by one of the hottest and driest deserts on the planet. And so that's led to all these in individual species all evolving separately. Um, and sometimes you can even look in one spring pool and there'd be one endemic species of fish in that spring pool. You can walk a few hundred yards in some cases to a different spring that has an entirely different species of fish. Wait, in is, it. is this pupfish territory? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, 
Absolutely. So, so when people think, usually if there's one species people think of when they think about the Amargosa, it's probably pupfish. Yeah. Um, and there's a long history as to why that's the case. But we have, you know, basically two species of fish that live out in the Amargosa. We have pupfish and we have dace. Um, they're common desert species, but we have some of the rarest uh, forms of those species living out in the Amargosa. Uh, the most famous one being the devil's hole pupfish, which lives in like a little crack at the base of a mountain um, in the heart of Ash Meadows National Wildlife Refuge. There are fewer than 250 total individuals left of that species. It's the most endangered oh. species of fish in the world. Yeah. Isn't that wild? And I understand too that they were given the name because they're, they look rather playful when they're hanging out. Um, and so they look like puppies. And that's oh just the story I heard before by the called pupfish. Why do you think the pupfish is so famous, by the way? Why is that the one thing that, you know, that a Las Vegas can point to? So the Devil's Hole pupfish in particular has a, a long and important history attached to it, especially in the mm -hmm. context of sort of uh, how groundwater is managed in this area. There was a, a period in time in which activities regarding agricultural development and other groundwater use in the area was having a direct impact on the Devil's Hole habitat. They're actually seeing water levels fall in the Devil's Hole. And that placed that species at an exceptionally high risk of extinction. And so thanks to the efforts of, of both scientists and land managers and conservationists, of course, the Devil's Hole pupfish was, was one of the first species put on the endangered species list. And that has led to over 50 years of, of groundwater management. And so it's sort of an incredible story about this really rare, obscure species that's had sort of an outsized impact on how we manage a natural resource in, in Nevada. Do you have other favorite endemic species that you can quickly mention and how we can see them? If someone is visiting the valley, how do we get a sense of these endemic species? Okay. The nickname I have for these species is our, our Amargosa darlings. Um, they're just, they're just like our, they're the stars. Like they're, they're the species yeah. that like have gotten so much interest, both, you know, just on a, on a international scale because of how unique and rare they are. Mm -hmm. They plant species called the Amargosa niterwort. And it's a species uh, that kind of looks like a succulent, but it's a small uh, wetland species. They live in, in these alkali wetland areas. And these are you know basically salt flats. So kind of imagine like a salt flat. This is a species that over a long period of time has developed to just extremely salty soils. Uh, and oftentimes it's the only species that lives in some of these areas. I just think they're gorgeous. And like, I just oh. love that like, where, where basically no other species is like, oh yeah, this is like way too salty. The niterwort's like, right here, we got this. Uh, we're gonna survive <laughs> where nothing else can. So I kind of admire them for that quality. So that's something that uh, visitors could be directed to different like salt flats and go and visit these beautiful little succulent looking things. Absolutely. But, you know, it's worth bearing in mind, too. And this is just sort of like a good general tip for, for recreation, mm -hmm. you know, everywhere. But especially in the Amargosa, you know, these are such exceptionally sensitive habitat areas that you know, we really want to make sure we're practicing those leave no trace principles, you know, being really mindful that, you know, even small disruptions can cause huge mm -hmm. impacts in some cases. Um, so that certainly is a species that you can go see, although I'd say like going out to to Ash Meadows National Wildlife Refuge and seeing pupfish, that's going to be far more accessible just based on the existence of, of boardwalks and trails uh, that direct visitors towards those habitat areas. I am embarrassed to admit that I actually did just do that road trip up to Tonopah and I drove, I took note of the Amargosa Valley, but I had no idea what it is and I didn't stop. And now I'm regretting that. So let's say it's someone like me that you're sort of passing through and you can make one stop in the area. What would you recommend mm. for, for travelers? 
can I, can I do two? I can't choose between them because they're both so different. Um, so there, there's really, I think there's two like really great kind of gateways to the Amargosa. And there's one in California and one in Nevada. Uh, let's we'll talk about Nevada first. So okay. um, Ash Meadows National Wildlife Refuge is uh, a little under two hours from Las Vegas. It's a protected wildlife refuge next to the, the eastern entryway to Death Valley National Park. It's actually the largest remaining oasis in the Mojave Desert. It's about 24,000 acres of just vibrant, lush habitat. There are over 30 spring pools. Um, It has a fantastic visitor center also uh, that I highly recommend stopping and and seeing because uh, the staff there are incredibly friendly. And it it really does a great job of describing both the natural history of of the refuge and sort of the long human history of the Mm -hmm. refuge, including a lot of the history of the um, tribal nations that have lived in these areas for for millennia. So really, really great experience there. Um, And there's tons of just good boardwalk trails you can take out to these shimmering blue crystal spring pools. Um, You can see uh, unique species of pupfish. Um, It's just an extraordinary experience and great to do if you're just on your way, maybe into Death Valley National Park for a camping weekend. It's a really good stop to kind of start your trip off and see something entirely different that you won't see anywhere else. It sounds both really magical and like a great overview of the area. So, okay, I'm going to go for an afternoon. What then is your second choice? All right. So second choice, and I can't even compare them, but you, you People have to go to China Ranch Date Farm in Tacopa, California. It's a family-owned and operated working date farm near Tacopa, California. And it is actually the only existing public access point into the Amargosa Canyon. So it's this amazing experience because you, you drive out across, again, this kind of you know very deserty, harsh, stark landscape. And then you you kind of roll up onto China Ranch and it's this like lush, vibrant, you know, date farm with all yeah. of this gorgeous green trees. Um, you can, you know, park, they have an amazing gift shop and bakery. So what we often recommend people do is actually there's a, you know, there's a hiking trail attached to the date farm that leads you into the canyon. So, you know, stop, go for an amazing hike. You can go see a waterfall. Um, there's a slot canyon you can explore. And the entire canyon is just this is about 17 miles of just really exceptionally beautiful and unique uh, riparian habitat. And so mm. you can kind of have your whole kind of adventure day out there and then go back, do some shopping at the at the gift shop, which is extremely well curated. And then, of course, get a date shake or smoothie, uh, oh which really hits gosh. the spot yes. uh, after a hard hike. One of the most delicious foods on the planet, I think, is a date mm-hmm. shake. And, you know, visiting a date uh, date garden or date oasis is really cool. And the environment you're describing is like date palms faves. They love to not be rained on but have access to underground water. That's exactly what they want, which is probably why they installed the dates there. So, totally. uh, okay, these are great. I have to just nudge you about two little things that I feel like the area is most famous for. The big dune, which is, you can see from the road, mm. it is a big dune. And I have heard this like, I don't know, this complicated, don't get too complicated, but like <laughs> there is an opera house in the middle of nowhere is, is what I've heard as well. Can you tell us a little bit about those stops? Absolutely. So so the Amargosa actually has several large uh, sand dune complexes. And this is like something I'm like weirdly into right now is like sand dune complexes in the Mojave. They're all so cool. Um, but one of the, the largest and, and most, uh, I think it's a really user uh, accessible one is the Big Dune, uh, which is out here on on the Nevada side of the watershed. If you're you know driving towards Beatty, it's really just off the road, a short distance. Yeah, you just take a left. Yeah. It's well marked. You take yeah. a left. Uh, it's a really popular site for uh, off highway vehicles. 
vehicle recreation. So you'll often see dune buggies zipping around the dunes, but you can also just park and have a really lovely hike up, you know, some very tall dunes, some of the biggest dunes in, in the area. So it's really just great. I can't recommend it enough, especially uh, towards sunset or at Ooh. night even under like yeah. a new moon sky. You're going to see some exceptionally beautiful dark night skies out there. Um, oh, and yeah. what a, there's not a better way to spend it than, you know, laying on your back on a sand dune. So really great spot there. On a very big dune. Genuinely big yeah. dune. Yeah. Genuinely big dune for sure. Okay. What's the deal with the opera house? So the opera house, there is a, a very famous historic opera house called the Amargosa Opera House mm-hmm. in Death Valley Junction, which is actually in California, but it's really, most people will drive past this to get into Death Valley National Park. As as with most good legends, you know, where where the fact and fiction <laughs> oh, no. uh, are aligned is, is maybe tough to tell, but you know, it's a great story nonetheless. You know, so the owner of the, of the opera house was uh, a, f- a fairly famous dancer uh, who mm. she left, uh, I believe she was a dancer in, in New York um, ended up traveling west, finding herself out in uh, in the Mojave Desert, and you know found she still had this big heart for the theater and for oh, dancing. So she I inherited this yeah, exactly. So she inherited this opera house, and there's and as the story goes, you know she she felt like you know dancing in front of an empty opera house was not a totally fulfilling activity. Mm-hmm. So she, until she could actually have an audience, she painted this full audience uh, you know mural across the entire interior of the theater to simulate the experience of dancing in front of a crowded theater. And I think that is one of the it's one of the most peculiar feel of feelings is walking into this room with all these painted faces and people, oh, you know, wow. watching this performance. Um, you know, the Opera House does uh, occasionally still open to, to show uh, movies and different films and has sort of social get togethers for people that live out there. Uh, it's a really incredible experience if you ever get the chance uh, just to walk inside and, and take a look at it. Any other notable stops you want to mention? Yeah. So the other thing the Amargosa or one of the other things the Amargosa is really known for is hot springs, uh, mm. especially near Tacopa. There are several really great hot springs resorts, uh, some that have just sort of like your kind of private spa rooms, uh, which you can reserve by a half hour or an hour in some places um, just to soak in you know, natural, hot mineral water. It's a really great restorative experience. Some have these really gorgeous big outdoor uh, pools, which is a really great way to wind down, especially a winter night after maybe a hike or you know, kind of an all-day adventure in the area. Um, you can go and soak in these hot spring pools and just kind of take in the sunset and the night skies. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the big allures to, to the region as well. And you know, if you're moving through and, and willing to kind of hang out and spend a night out there, it's really worthwhile to, to have that experience. And if someone wanted to spend the night, is camping the option or are there places to... Are there hotels? You have to go into Death Valley. Where can I where can I stay? Well, so the good news is, depending on you know kind of what kind of camping experience you're looking for, you know most of the Amargosa is uh, uh, surrounded by lands managed by the Bureau of Land Management, so there is dispersed camping. I mean, you can kind of go out and find your own spot and set up. Uh, you can have an incredibly private camping experience that way. Mm. Of course, it's going to be without a lot of the usual amenities that you'd find at most established campgrounds. Uh, but for the more adventurous sort, that's a really great way to do it. Is just to go out and find you know a nice quiet spot to, to set up set up a camp. Um, otherwise, there are uh, there's an, an inn in Shoshone, the Shoshone Inn, oh. uh, which is a fabulous little experience. Um, Shoshone is another you know very historic town in, in the Amargosa that has both uh, an inn. There's a the Crowbar Saloon, which is uh, offers you know, lunch, lunch, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, good beer. Uh, there's all sorts of ways to spend a, a great afternoon in Shoshone as well. Oh, I love this. Okay, 
Mason, you've sold me. I'm already in my head. I'm planning like, okay, when am I going to go? Who am I going to take? What am I going to do? But I think my, my big question is why should the Amargosa Valley matter to Las Vegans? Why do you think it should matter? Gosh, it's such a good question. I think, you know, we we are so fortunate as Las Vegans to be surrounded by a huge diversity of different environments. You know, we're so lucky to have the the Alpine with the Spring Mountains, and we have, you know, Red Rock with these hulking sandstone bluffs, I mean, everything in between. And I think where the Amargosa uh, is important and should matter to Las Vegans is it offers an experience of, of driving through one of the, again, the hottest and driest deserts on earth, and yet being surrounded by life, by being surrounded by these these you know, lush, vibrant habitat areas that are you know, always swarming with birds. They're filled with noise of insects. It's just sort of this surreal experience, um, you know, traveling through the desert and be kind of confronted with just how much life the desert can actually sustain. And I think, mm. you know, we, we talk about the, the Amargosa from you know, a biological standpoint of you know, home to over 70 species that only exist in the Amargosa. And we, we think that's pretty important, you know, that there is this place left on Earth you know, for species like this that have found a way to not only just survive, but really thrive uh, amidst all of this, you know, the harshest environments on the, on the planet. So that's that's why, of course, it matters to me. I think it's also just a world class experience, you know, traveling through, visiting, uh, spending a short time out there. And you know, it, it remains just one of those kind of last best places that has, you know, been kind of tucked away in this little corner. Mm. And, you know, we, we, we love, you know, we love to see it, it, it explored and known, but we also love to see that it still um, has this, this kind of old world way about it that is kind of hard to find in a lot of places. So um, I could go on and on. I mean, my, literally all I do every day is, is talk about how incredible this place is. So um, if you have any inkling to go out, just, just go out. You're not going to regret it. In fact, I, I bet it becomes one of those go-to places when you're like, hey, we've got a weekend uh, to burn somewhere. You know, the Amargosa should be top on that list. Well, Mason, I think that you have painted an absolutely magical portrait of your of your truly beloved valley. I can tell how much you love this place. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. We'll have all of Mason's great recommendations for you in our show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, send it to your future road trip buddies. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Take care. Let me scroll down just a moment here. I can like hear the little intro music in my head right now. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. Do, 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 do.